You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Episode 132B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Let's get right into it. This guest is a good buddy of mine. We go way back. I explained all about it in 132A. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. It's the best kind of intro for my next guest, who's a great friend and uh, great hockey player, former NHLer, Charlottetown, PEI, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Good Atlantic Canadian, has been in the basement many times, a good friend of the family. So here we go. I'm going to get right into it. Ladies and gents, my next guest hails from beautiful Charlottetown PEI and played over 10 years professionally after a successful four-year OHL career that saw him score 55 goals in just 66 games in 93-94 with Owen Sound. Drafted in the sixth round of the 1992 entry draft by the Detroit Red Wings, his NHL dream came true in 2003-2004 when he suited up four games for the world-renowned New York Rangers, playing alongside legends such as Mark Messier, Yarmir Jagger, Eric Lindros, and Brian Leach. These days, he calls Pennsylvania home and makes his way back to PEI periodically. He is an awesome Islander, a great guy, a fantastic friend, a proud player, a fine father, a fearless fighter. Night after night, this cat could fight. 
Kao Mu, and he could score goals too. As a guy, he's a peach, and we fought in Freddie Beach. He has a hockey card, and we partied pretty hard. Well, 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 he played in the NHL. Despite all the dangers, he played for the Rangers. Folks, President Reagan was known as Ronald. Please welcome my pal, Jason McDonald. How the hell are you doing, Jay? <laughs> what an introduction, TR. A lot to live up in there, buddy. Thank you. Good to see you or hear you again, pal. You of all people deserve that. Uh, yeah, real good buddies on and off the ice. So tell us what you're doing now. You're you're from PEI, but you're in Pennsylvania. You're you're doing what? You're coaching hockey. I uh, yeah, I do a little bit of hockey, some hockey lessons and stuff like that. A little bit of real estate, and um, mostly just keeps me close to my son as he's 15 years old. So we all know what 15 year olds can be. So. <laughs> Um, yes, I try to be down with PA as much as I can, TR, but periodically back home as well. Now, home is Charlottetown. You were born in Charlottetown, right? I always just assumed. Born in Charlottetown, but yeah, I live out in Brackley Beach, to be exact. But yes, Charlottetown is is uh, where I grew up. Do you still have the place in Brackley Beach? We had some great fun there. <laughs> we often talk about that trip when your old man and uh, Ron McLean and Richie and all the boys were there. Yes, I still have that place. I I thought about selling it, but I got so many memories there that uh, it would be sad if I sold that place, to tell you the truth. But it's so beautiful. So listen, growing up Charlottetown, and I want to hear it because I know all your buddies, and you and Linger are the same age, right? Like I'm well, a year older than Linger. Okay. Yeah. So, so you guys came through. I'm just putting a point of reference in my head because I've had him on before. And I know yeah. McGuigan and, you know, House, I know all the boys. I just uh, yep. I haven't really thought about you. So were you guys, like you and Linger, say on this, David Ling, that is, folks, uh, on the same minor hockey team? We were every second year. And then I got his brother, Jamie, every second year. So I was in between the two of them. So actually the one year we won the Pure Later Cup in Bantam, David was peewee but played up in Bantam. Uh, second year Pee Wee played first year Bantam. I was first year Bantam, and Jamie was a second year Bantam. Really good player himself. Jamie went to Notre Dame, and yeah, I remember playing against him in Dayton. Um, so Mac, yeah, your Charlottetown. You guys won the Pure Later Cup. For the, those that don't know, that was ever minor hockey's kind of changed over here, Mac. I'm not sure if each each province has its own thing, but. Yeah, the way it used to be, folks in in Mount Pearl. Anyway, you would you would try out. There was two teams. There was an A team and a B team. If you made the A team, if you made the Peewee or the Bantam A Blades, you got a chance to play for the Pure Later Cup Playdown. Now that was the Atlantic Bantam Championship. The Peewee was called the Hostess Cup, and the Midget at the time, which is now I think the Telus Cup still, I believe, but I think at the time it was the Air Canada Cup. So. But they were all they would all play the Atlantic playdowns first and then there would be a national. Now I never heard of PEI winning it because of population alone, really. But in my experience, Newfoundland and PEI usually fought it out for, you know, at best bronze. So you guys must have been, been an anomaly being that good growing up, no? We had we had one of the better Bantam teams, they you know, everybody's kind of but for back then and in in, in in around the Maritimes, because usually, like you said, Halifax or Moncton would be the powerhouse. Yeah. And um, I don't know if we lost a game. We just um, we mowed through everybody back then as, as Bantams for sure. Yeah, that's um, that's wild. And so, and you guys were playing a bit of 
Were you playing junior? Linger tells me these weird stories that he would play the odd game when he was. It seems like uh, uh, all over PEI, the route wasn't always midget AAA. Some people played junior, and you guys, like us, moved away at a young age. See, people don't realize the OHL mostly is for people from the OHL or Ontario, and they just go a community or two over and play major junior. Same out west, right? You're from Edmonton. Oh, now I play for the, you know, Red Deer Rebels down the road. But we've got to make a decision to move. So take us through that. Were you playing an advanced age when you, like after that Bantam year, say, what did you do? Well, I played tier two junior with Forby, right? So that was kind of the big thing as a kid. You wanted to play with the Abbeys as quick as possible, you know? Yeah. Um, so I went first year Bantam and then didn't play second year Bantam or Midget. I went right to junior with the Abbeys. And um, that was as a 15-year-old. And that was with Forbes Kennedy, right, folks? Forbes Kennedy is a no-nonsense coach, no-nonsense player. And Mike was his his assistant. So very big impact in your early hockey career, right? Family, for sure. Mike and I are still very best buddies. So so then, Terry, to answer your question, I had – you're right. I had the choice to go to the Q or the O or to the W. And I choose the OHL and was drafted that year after I played junior by the North Bay Centennials, Bert Templeton. And, yes. um, oh God. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. It's all crazy, crazy old school there. Um, <laughs> Bert, I used to love it, Bert. I'll tell you a little story. I mean, you, you know, is going up there, first of all, making the move as an underage and then getting settled in there and playing in that league, uh, Chris Simon and guys like that. So I remember we were in Niagara Falls one time and yeah. I was sitting up at the front of the bus and he used to sit at the back of the bus with a cooler of beer and about half, I'd say after about five or six beer, he'd start um, settling scores on the bus. He told me I was the worst first round pick and he regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, Mac. Oh yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, I don't know if it was in those exact words, but that's, that's, what, that's what it was pretty much coming from the back of the bus back then. Right. But, yeah. Um, no, just no chirp guys. He'd just get drunk oh, and chirp guys. guys. Oh, yeah. He settled the score. <laughs> it was awesome. I can't believe it's been this long. I haven't heard of a coach really doing that. That's that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Bert, Bert was a good, you know, he was, he was, he was ahead of his time then. You know, he would have us out doing all these Russian exercises up there for warm ups and stuff, but then he would creep back into caveman days sometimes. So. Were guys in junior getting off the bus for a smoke? don't really remember anybody smoking. No, I don't on that, on that team. I don't No. I just hear because uh, there's like a, a lot of the kids now, I mean, I'm not going to, I train with them. A lot of the ball hockey kids, maybe I train to go and they're all the major junior guys. You come across each other here and they tell stories about, you know, the bus and like, you know what they do in their off time. And it's nothing like our, our stories, like nothing, you know, we came in, I think anything after whatever social media did, it, it, I'm not saying it in a good or bad way, whatever. There was some stuff that was, should be outlawed, but like well, it was an experience, wasn't it? Me leaving oh, yeah. to go away and then going on a bus trip. Yeah. Yeah. Even down here, Terry, like in the American League. So the Penguins, the Wilkesbury Penguins got their own, they have their own practice facility, which I mean, that, that was kind of wasn't around for everybody, but they have their own chefs. So they basically, they can go down there for their breakfast 
um, go in, get changed, have practice, come back out for your, your lunch, all great big meals. And I was saying to the boys back then, you know, think about we went through the, the Dunkin' Ho- the Dunkin Donuts drive through half cut to get a bagel, right? And like, yeah. to your point, maybe had to smoke then, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was James a different then. world. Oh, yeah. Mac, yeah. if I didn't, like, if we went, if, if the bus stopped and it was any reasonable time, like if it was supper, if it was passable supper, like even 930, and someone didn't come to dinner at the steakhouse at wherever you were, you know, you'd, you'd get in their kitchen a bit. There was cell phones. There was no texting, but you'd be phoning them. Like, what the hell are you doing yeah. down here? Right? Like, it was, yeah. sometimes it'd be a fine if you didn't. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Yeah. Some people I talk to now and. You know, they'll mention a city and I'll just mention a bar. They go Quebec City. I'll go like Dago Bear. Like, a, and they don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like we're, we're, wherever. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, the mile markers. The yeah. Well, and I guess there's for, a people don't, I don't want to say party as much, but they're really soft. There's a good and a bad. They're really soft. And, um, but it's the, all the social media too. Can you fucking imagine if people had cameras just <laughs> when we were, when we went out after a game? Oh, uh, wouldn't I mean, be good. No, it, it wouldn't have been good. So you went to North Bay. You played two years in North Bay. Well, a year and a half. Yeah, what, yeah. Did you get? Was it? Because Mac, I'm looking at your stats, man. You go over to North Bay, like you, you got good stats. Seven, thirteen point seventeen games. You go over and you finish the year. You get another thirty six and forty two. So it wasn't your production. You're obviously fighting seventeen games for seventeen games of the year. You get fifty points. And I'll get into that. I explained. In the preamble, I mean, you could score, but you could fight. And if you weren't scoring, you'd drop the gloves. You'd always get on the score sheet. What was the reason for the trade? In junior, I think now North Bay thought they had a Memorial Cup team. And I was traded to Owen Sound as a 17-year-old for an overage defenseman. I think might have been over. Or last year, junior, Wade Gibson was his name. He was one of the better defensemen in the league. So, um, yeah. And, and like I said, you know, Bert, Bert get fired up into those beers. I wasn't doing that bad, but I don't know if I was living up to his expectations, but yeah. uh, it, it, it ended up working out perfect. And I went over to Owen Sound and, and um, had some good, good, good years there. Well, I mean, the next full year you play 46 goals in 56 games. Jesus, yeah. that's a lot, Mac. 197 minutes. Were you fighting the heavies yet back then? Somewhat, as you know, Terry, like Eric Cairns was in Detroit, and Ooh. and you know you just eat at some point you got to do something to him because the guy would just massacre you in front of the net, yeah. right? Cross checks to the neck, and so yeah. yes, I was, but I mean, um, wasn't necessarily fighting him, but uh, all the time. But I, I think back to those to those days, right? Like you're, we're talking. I remember I was telling a buddy of mine. One of the nervouses I ever was playing the game, I think, was the first time I went into Sault Ste. Marie and Chris Simon and Brian Gowdy and all these guys were down. Terry, <laughs> you can oh, appreciate man. this. It was warm up and there were pucks flying down with our goalie coming right off our glass. And I would I turn around, there's Simon just lining them up, just shooting them at us, right? Oh yeah. Just the worst feeling. You're like, what are you gonna do with this guy? Six five, two fifty in junior, and mean and mad. <laughs> to score, to score back then, I say to people like I left home. But we, 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 you and I are very similar. Okay, we'll drop the gloves. We'll fight anybody. We're mid heavyweights that could take down a heavyweight the odd time. But my, like when I played minor hockey, when I left, 
the whole, like when I see the ice, I see the puck and I want to put it in. Now, how can I do that? Who can I pass it to? I'm not thinking fight. Those guys, we came in in an era, and I know it was crazy in the 70s and 80s, but tough guy, guys, you know, Bob Probert, Chris Nyland, um, the Hammer Schultz, these guys had 20 goals. We came in an era where there were people just hired to go out and be hired guns and kill. And you yep. had to navigate around that. I remember thinking, like, how am I going to think about what I'm going to do on the power play here when I got guys – you know, Frank Bialowis looking at me with, with yeah. no tape on either end of his stick and just standing up and looking at the, just staring into your own end and warm up. You're going to go, OK, I'll, I'll get that fight out of the way first. So, you know, it ends up you get good stats, but it's hard to concentrate. How did you navigate your way around that? Like because you're you're fighting no. guys. Did you do it? Sorry, this is a long question, but yeah, I'm looking at. So you lead your team. In penalty minutes, 197, you only played 56 games. I would do the same sort of thing. A lot of the times I fought, it was just to get that feeling out of my stomach and then play the game. I'd go like, I just get into one right off the bat. Now I'm now nothing can really, I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared is the wrong word, but there's no nervous anxiety. I can go out and play. Might get a bit of respect from Simon. Is that the way you looked at it? Well, at that age, yes, you're piecing it together. I had that mentality, as you can probably appreciate, Terry, more like my first couple years in the American League. When I realized when I went to Adirondack that I wasn't going to be a goal scorer, then you realize, as you know, you got to start to mix that stuff, like you're saying, together, right? And then early in my career, I, I didn't, I lost more than I won, so I was tired of getting that. So I started to which I did through ever throughout, and this comes to your point. Yeah, but as you well. got tougher, Mac. You got tougher. You're humble. You're not going to say it, okay. but you became like there was if five years span. I'm talking. You always got penalty minutes. Five years after the year I'm talking about here, the junior year, when you're yeah. thir- two, two, three years into pro, all of a sudden now you're experienced. You're bigger. You're what? You're you're a That's tough right. guy in the league, right? That's right. And to your point earlier, like I remember. I had two goals, <clears throat> two goals in Springfield one night. Trevor Gillies comes out and he goes, "You want to go?" He didn't even really give me the, the the chance to say yes or no, as you know. And Gilly being the savage that he was, yeah. and to your point, like I had two goals, I wanted to try to get a hat trick. Never had a tr- American League hat trick. Anyway, we ended up scrapping. He didn't give me a choice, and and it was probably one of my I did really well, one of my better scraps in the American League, and. Um, that was a very big part of me getting called up in New York. Jim Schoenfeld loved it. You know, he wow. knew that to our point that I was a middleweight and would hang in there to your point, make, yeah. make some heavies think twice. Yeah. And, um, but that gave me a lot of confidence as well moving forward. As you know, it's, it's all confidence. So yeah. Yeah, at your point, I would, I would try to get on the sheet as much as I could, Terry, even in the, if, if I wasn't in the American league, obviously with points, I would try to do something. And I learned that after my first year in Glens Falls, when Scotty Bowman told me that you got to add more into your game, right? You don't really know what that means until you start trying to physically get through it. And did you ever look at this 238 minutes, your second year in Adirondack, by far the most on the team. Um, So, I mean, was there a mindset? But now as this happens, though, Mac, I got to point this out. As this happens, two years later, 63 games, 22 goals, 25 assists. Well, you know, 189 minutes still. Two years after that, 25 goals, 27 assists. Like you're consistently throwing up 20, 30 goal seasons. Uh, Yeah. So what, Terry, you know, what were you thinking? Terry, First, you did, you did wear the C, right? 
So I wore the C in Wilkesbury. I'm going to tell a funny story. That year I had in uh, Fredericton. You probably got me put out of Fredericton because you were coming in as a young yeah. sniper coming out of junior. As the as the game works, you know what I mean. They probably yeah. thought, oh, okay, is this guy Jason's not really going to play in Montreal? But Terry, Terry is, you know, as you yeah. know, we get moved around. So yeah, I was surprised that year that I didn't get re-signed with Fredericton. It's probably the best year I had. Pro, really. Really, I'm I'm looking at it, Max. Sixty-three I mean, games, twenty-two goals, twenty-five assists, hundred and eighty-nine minutes. That's not only good in the A. That that gets you called up, right? Well, I thought I would. Yeah, right. I thought maybe they had room for both of us there in Fredericton. That probably wouldn't have been a good thing if they had had you and I and Linger all in Fredericton cruising around. That was. <laughs> it might have been over before it started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you go out a lot in Freddie? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. I, uh, so it, been, I, I liked Freddie. I, I always liked Fredericton. Well, for us, it was different because I, at least for me, when I was there, it was finally, I mean, I played out West and usually I was, you know, the alien of the group because no one knew anything about where I was from. I'm not going to come across people from my hometown. It's fine. I mean, I, I, I love the Western League. I wouldn't change it. But when I got to Freddie, all of a sudden, a lot of my friends are going to school at UNB or St. Thomas, Right. There's a lot of Newfoundlanders there, a lot of PE Islanders. So it changed the perspective. And people ask me about it. It wasn't this big party town or anything, or I I guess it is because of the schools, but it's not like it's five-star restaurants and big clubs or anything. It's almost a series of little kind of hole-in-the-wall university pubs. So I, I guess that's why I kind of, I enjoyed it. I mean, here we were getting called up to Montreal. And looking forward to get sent down so we could go to the upper deck at Hilltop. <laughs> right? One of our old buddies, too, good old Fredericton Canadian. We should give a, a, a shout out to Jerry Fleming. Oh, uh, we should. Yeah. When He's... you think about Fredericton Canadians, that's what I always think about Flemmer being a mainstay there early in the American League days, right? Jerry Fleming, big guy, about six, seven. I mean, he played with me one year, and the next year he was our assistant. And, uh, Right. About 250, 255, biggest teddy bear. Kind of like Bird Dog. When those guys got off the ice, they were great. They were just yeah. so scary on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Jerry, I should say, great guy and a nurse and a nurse of all things. Went to yeah. UPEI, got his nursing degree before playing in the NHL. Right. Uh, Canadian National Team, Max. So that was 96, 97. And you're right. I came in in 97, 98. We actually, in your six games, in St. John that year, we got in a scrap. wasn't much. It was by the side of the bench, I believe. But uh, you, got the, you got you got the best of me that time, Terry. I have no problem saying that stuff. That was you. But you were you were the one thing I liked about. It, I always told Linger. I said is that you didn't t- you you didn't uh, you didn't mince getting the mitts off quick. If you were going to go, I and I I learned some stuff in, in that league too. Is you had to get them off quick and go. There's no sense in being super super fair. <laughs> You're right. You got to get them off quick. Man. You got to get them off quick. I was looking. Yeah. Someone, uh, Barnaby just had a, his book come out, and he sent me the clip. I'm going to give a little post, but uh, and I, I looked at it. I, I, it's been so long since that kind of mindset's been there that I forgot. You know, I was like, yeah, for the first like two, three years pro, that was the in junior. There was some level of honor to it. Like we'd yeah. often take our helmet off and spin it around, and then there was oh, a show, yeah. right? But you don't kind of. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen. But yeah. I found the A and the NHL completely different. Like, you, you get them off quick and you start throwing or else you're going you know, yeah. to be knocked out. 
Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. But listen, so you went, people don't realize from this era, but for the 90s, and I think part of the 80s, the Canadian national team was a thing. You you would go and you would play the air. Taran Sandwith was another guy. I had him on this podcast. And... I don't know how it worked, but you would you would join the team. You would get paid. I, I'm assuming yeah. by cat team by, by Canada yeah. hockey, and then you yeah. would go and play all over the world. Tell us how that worked first. I have a part A and a part B to this question. Now, yeah. how did it work? How did you get there? So going back, I was disappointed after that year I had in Fredericton that I didn't get an NHL deal or something more solid. Yeah. Um, so late in the summer. Uh, Andy Murray reached out to my agent then and asked him if I'd be interested in going there. And I, I just couldn't wrap my head around Terry, because as we know, you have your NHL set on what the American league is the path. What's this going to do for me? And, um, it was one of the best years when I look back the funnest and the best years. And I improved the most there. And I'll tell you why is, was those European rinks for my skating. And Andy Murray was a great man, great coach. Um, a lot different from what we were coming over from junior and these old coaches that were, you know, on you all the time. Andy was a very good man, first of all, family man. And then, but just had a, a totally different uh, mindset in teaching the game and getting into a player's uh, getting the best out of you. So when I look back at it, I came back and I was better. I was a better player after I came back from that national team for sure. So listen, this is another thing I want to know, okay? Now, it's the Canadian national team. You're playing in Europe. You're not, it's not like you're playing against the Broad Street Bullies. 51 games, 15 goals, 20 assists. That's solid campaign at that level. 133 minutes. What were you doing? Who are you grabbing? Who, how did you get 133 penalty minutes playing internationally in 50 games? Not 80, 50. You know what, Terry? We played in the British League, so we went. We went. I went to thirteen different countries that year. We were in Japan. We were um, all through the, you know, your Czech and your Sweden, your Finland. But we went into Britain too to play some British team leagues. And there was a bunch of boys over there from the American League. I bet you just in that tour alone, I picked up about sixty penalty minutes. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Like Ian. Um, Ian, what's the kid from, you know, there was a bunch of guys over there that would still fight and they actually, you know, they were again. Okay. I see when I, I think Europe, you're right. I'm not, the, the British league is as fight dense as any league over here. I mean, it is yeah. now, isn't it? I hear that it is yeah. now. Um, so you come back though, Mac, this is what's amazing to me. So you come back, Manitoba Moose next year, 82 games, 25 goals. 283 minutes like I don't know how that is not immediately you don't get a shot in the show eight like 25 goals 283 minutes and it's funny now do you 
I don't know if it was just the Montreal Canadiens or the teams you were with, but when I went down to the minors, like I remember being like relieved when I got my 20th goal. I was like, yeah. okay, like I've done enough to get up. It's funny though, but now you'll see guys go down and like 58 games, three goals, one assist, and they get called up and they're there. And I'm going, yeah. I would be like calling home, homesick, going, oh my God, I went out of hockey. I've only got eight points in the last 25 games. What am I doing? I need, you know, God, but you know, call Mun, I'm going to go to school. Yet, <laughs> players now all the time, right? I, I know there's different mm-hmm. roles, and scoring was a bit inflated, but not that much, you know. I, anyway, mm-hmm. so how did that happen? You come down Manitoba Moose. Were you were they with Vancouver? Are you are you? Are no, Vancouver? you know what? Were they seeing me? It was uh, we played them in exhibition games as a Canadian national team before we go to Europe. We play IHL teams out there for exhibition games, and uh, Randy Carlyle was coaching Winnipeg. And I must have had some decent games against them, or he liked whatever. So that summer after the Canadian national team, I can't really remember if I had many NHL bites. Um, but Winnipeg back then, they was they were handing out some money, as you remember, the IHL. So they signed me to a two-year deal for some decent money. So I went there for two years. But then, to your point, those two years I had there, Pittsburgh signed me as a free agent. I don't know where they seen me or what. But that's how I got back over into the American League for the last six years or so. It's funny because when you went to Wilkesbury, okay, like, and now, now you and I are seasoned veterans, okay. So that was the first that I really got to see people coming up. You know, now I'm like four, five, six years removed from junior. Uh, I ended up getting hurt pretty shortly, but outside of my story, what I'm saying is, I'm. I'm finally seeing players come up out of the WHL that like didn't play when I was there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're they're a lot and a lot of them I would find you know they would probably think that I was a tough guy and I was going, "Wow, this is weird. I've never been looked at." But you when you went to Wilkes-Barre, I remember people putting you in the same category as Bonvi and I mean you should have been, but then when I look at your your breadth of work there, you know, 74 games, 290 minutes, 17 goals, 57 games, 330 minutes. Now I think we're being modest and saying you're middleweight because you fought all of them. You're one of the toughest in the league. You you must have seen. I mean, you're with Wilkesbury. You're a legend there. They loved you. Was was it a good relationship with Pittsburgh, or were they like, you know what, we love you so much, that you're such a good leader. We're going to make you captain down there. I'm sorry. We're going to give you money to do it. You could be in the NHL, but we want you to bring the young guys along. Is that what it was? You know what, the first year, Terry. Um, there was, I, I really thought that I had a chance to get called up. And then I realized after I signed my two-year deal, they gave me the captaincy and I started to talk to them a little bit more. They really didn't have plans for me up top. It was more down below. Um, and that kind of deflated me a little bit, to tell you the truth. My numbers went down as the goals. But we went to the Calder Cup final, too, my first year there. And we got stripped as a team. So I was the captain the second and third year here. And we didn't have very good teams, and we were very not even tough, really. And we had to go into Norfolk with Thornton and all those guys. Oh God! Um, yeah. So I lost, I lost a little bit of confidence here towards the end, and it didn't really, it didn't really go over as well as I wanted at the end. But nothing, nothing off ice or nothing personal, just as far as the hockey career. But I went home that summer, and in my beach house, as you and I, we were talking about earlier. Now. We're nine years in, and I'm like, damn, you know, like I should have, I, I felt like I deserved a chance to play some games. So that summer I sat out there and stared out that water, 
and had some had some uh, clearing of the head and visualizing all the stuff and went to Hartford on an American League deal. And like I say, that's why I have a soft spot for those guys. Sean Feld and those guys appreciated what I did and gave me my games throughout there, right? But as you know, I probably – no, I was I was solid then, but I was had as good or was as good as player in Fredericton and in Wilkes-Barre, and that's just how some people will overlook you, right? Well, versus Hartford where – you know, I had some good tilts and was putting the puck in the net, but I was doing that before too, right? But they they appreciated it, and I that's I'm thankful for that, right? You know, you you never know, Mac. I look at it, and it, it at the time like we were going through all that, and I I was the same man. I I was bitter at the world for a while, going like, how can I not get up when my peers like I don't know Dave Scatcherd. Nothing against Dave, or, or, or you know, yeah. seeing people that I played against in junior and with that were going up and being successful, and then I'm going fuck maybe if i was with another team and it's hard to see that go away but when i when i look back i'm so glad i got the nhl games because think about it look and and you too you know what like ken dryden said i met him once and he said hey terry don't worry about it he goes once an nhl or always an ex nhl in other words look it's hard to make man it's hard to play put on your skates and go out there into that league and there's players that play 20 years in the minors and don't do it and mac here's what i'm saying you never know we come up and you might look at a guy I don't know, um, Brad Church or Frank Bialois that don't get up for an NHL game. You might look at Gordy Dwyer, who's our buddy, no better than we, but gets up for 200 or 180. And as the, at first, it's a bit of a bitter pill. And then after, as, as the years go by, you're happy for your buddies and you're pumped. That, and, you know, now you see them at reunions and you're like, you know, I, I glad I got, I'm glad I got those games. But what I want to know, um, that's a statement more than anything. But you go over to Hartford the next year. You're having a great year. 41 games, Mac. You got another 11 goals. You're on pace for another 20-goal year, 101 minutes. You get called up to the Rangers. So there's a few. And I was following along now because at this point, we're really good buddies. And I'm following along. I'm loving the fact you're up. I'm loving the fact they called you up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you had folded the 10th the year before? Because, you, I mean, you only played another two years. If you did, you wouldn't have these games now. Tell us first, because I don't want to. I don't want to forget this. You're out there for a goal, right, with Mark Messier. Does this not happen? I remember something about an empty net. It's on your stick. Please tell us the story. Well, so yeah, so it'd be my third. It'd be my third game. I only played four, so I think it was the third game. It was the first game in the Garden, <laughs> and we're playing the Islanders, and Messier's. I think it's Messier's last year, so he's on the fourth line. He's centering me and Matthew Barnaby, I think. So we're out, and uh, Gar Snow goes out to play the puck, and he falls down behind the net to go get it in the corner. So I went, and I tried to look back and, 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 and see if I actually touched the puck, but I, we, we, uh, I couldn't find it anyway. But I retrieved the puck, or the puck gets pushed around to, um, to Messier. Now I'm out in front of the net with a wide-open net. <laughs> and he, <laughs> He comes around and wraps it in, right? He could have, but I, you know, obviously I wouldn't say that he could have passed it. But anyway, he felt bad when he got back to the bench. I remember him, he was banging on the bench. He was trying to get the referee over to give me an assist. And the referee would, he, he wouldn't give it to me, right? He's like, ah, somebody touched it in between or whatever, right? But Mess was, Messier was a, uh, he was a good guy to me up there for my short period of time. Just because, as you know, some of those guys that are, um, 
high end, we'll call them. You know, they don't yeah. they don't uh, maybe socialize with guys that get called up right away, right? But he's not one of those guys. He was he was very welcoming and a, and a good, very good dude. That guy. And do you still have the picture? I remember you showed me. I guess you were here in St. John's the next year. I can't believe you would tell that story. And in my head, it was like ten years previous, but it was it was like months before. So. Do you have that? I remember you had a picture of a goal, you guys celebrating in the garden. Okay. It was one of the best pictures I've ever seen, supposing you played a thousand games. Yeah. Do you have it? I do. Oh, absolutely. Yes, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. There you go. Right. Like that's, you look at that and you go, damn, that's, it was all worth it. Right. Yeah. Just like even re- if it's 14 days or 14 years. I remember yeah. each game as I started to, you, you, you don't know, but you have a sense. Like I, when I was in Montreal, I mean, they told me. I, I knew playing the last few games I played there that they didn't want me there. I, I, I would rather get traded early. But, so I, I would gather it in. I remember, I, I believe the last game I played was against Chicago. And Tucker and, and, and Conroy and Valerie Burr, everybody was getting traded. That's why I thought I'd be gone. And I asked for it. So, But I remember like you know coming off and, and looking up and the Bell Center, just Molson Center at the time, 20,000 people going strong. You know, we won the game. It was the end. You come out and you tap the goalie. And I looked up and I'm like, you know, it's not so bad. Like, remember this. And, and sure enough, man, I, I it was the last time I got out there. But it almost took my breath away. You know, I'm in the NHL yeah. here. It's a wild yeah. feeling. Madison Square Garden. I mean, it could have been in Tampa Bay. It could have been in San Jose. Sorry. Yeah, I went down to your point. I went down to the rink that day, MSG, at like like – 2.30 in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock game, and I just cruised around the hallways and sat out on the bench and yeah, looked at yeah. the clock and walked back in. And Yeah. yeah. You, I remember you know, we played the Flyers. You'd appreciate that. Jeremy Rolnick was down the hall, and he, he was cruising by me. Hey, what's up, bud? You know, he's looking at me like, who the fuck's that guy? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Doing, doing stuff like that, humoring myself, right? Because I knew that it was very – it'd be a short stay. So. Were you a uh, card guy on the bus or on the plane, or what did you do to pass time? Yeah, I played lots of cards on the on the bus, yeah. The uh, – Schnarples. Yeah. Schnarples, I love that game. Um so it would just pass a lot of time. I don't know if I love the game. I'm not going to sit here and play it with my daughter or anything, but it was good to pass the time because it would always, Schnarples brought out the stories for some reason, you know, oh, yeah. because the games would go on forever and you'd shit on people. There was a fair bit of roasting. I'm not yeah. big into cards. I don't really care if I play poker, but that was a laugh at the back of the bus back in the day. I wonder if they still do it. Um, so you come to St. John's, you get to play for the St. John's Leafs, bit of history. Uh, that's the year we, we hung out a lot. Another 152 minutes. Boy, you guys had a tough, fucking crazy hockey team. Uh, 14, <laughs> 14 breakups. I remember that. Breakups. Breakups. Or divorces. Uh, yeah. I, I drive along and I think of those days in St. John's. Those very, very uh, fun year that was, I guess. Yeah, is a, just everybody. Was, Even the tough. Was, like, I remember... Well, it was like Wellwood's first year, I believe, or one of his Wellwood's first years. first year, yeah. Like, Matt Stajan, you know, Matt Stajan's first year. Stage. Jeremy Williams was there that year. A player, underrated professional hockey player who could score. Uh, Carlo, Nate, Carlo, Carlo Bacchio. Carlo was there, yeah. Nate Rock Parrott, who you didn't know. That guy was as off the wall. He's boxing now. I ran into him in Toronto. I went out for a bite to eat with him. Yeah, He's, good. Uh, 
Yeah. Straight and narrow boxer. He's got a kid that plays in the O. Um, anyway, it was a lot of fun. But a lot of fun. I, I remember you were hurt that year a lot. And um, so, Mac, here's the thing. So you play in St. John's, and that was, you know, St. John's Maple Leafs looking back. Now we got the new flying growlers. I don't know that we'll ever get an AHL team back. We might. We, we did have the ice caps. I just mean, given now the NHL teams want proximity and all that, which makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that was a high level of pro hockey. A lot of NHLers came through. It was nice to be a part of. I, I played here for half a year as well. 29 games, though. You don't do bad. You got 12 points, another 152 minutes. Now, the next year you go to Providence. I remember that happening. Mac, you're playing like you're in your 20s. 74 games, another 28 points. I remember you didn't play as much. Not that you're in the power play anymore. Still get 13 goals, 132 minutes. Now, you don't play anymore. Most people, most people who could still score and definitely could still fight would either pick a league like Sweden or the British League, whatever you want to do. Pick your poison. Do I want to score? Do I want to fight? But I'm going to get paid $100,000. I'm going to go over there and do it. Did you retire because of injuries or you just said, you know what? Enough of this. I'm going to move on to my next phase. Yeah, I was tired of it. I was I was tired of it. And my son, um, we were having my boy at that time. And I was living pretty wild, and I figured if I went over to Russia or somewhere, there's a pretty good chance that I may not come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Can you imagine just that. free reign to do whatever with no cur curfew even saves you? People used to complain. I'd be like, you know, every once in a while a coach puts in a curfew is not a bad thing. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I – and to your point, Terry, you know what? Like, as you know, like – Tired of fighting, first of all. Who wants to, you know, because he still had to do part of it, right? That's why I'm getting signed. There's right? no way you could put on your skates anymore. People made the decision. Talk about Marc Messier. He made a decision early in his, in his year. Now he's Marc Messier. But there are others. There are others. There's only so many. Shane Corson being one that played in the NHL. I was always impressed by that guy. You know, that keep going. Even guys like Shanahan, Tockett, they came in like fighting every night. And by the end of it, they, you know, they're respected, yeah. first of all. And they don't want to do it as much. Mac. You're like me. I, I every year, I, 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 if I put on my skates, and I knew, and and you know, there's young kids coming. There's always something. And you, what happens is that you become, you build up so much of a resume that everybody wants a piece of you. And then sometimes they look over and there's nobody else to fight. So it does get fucking tired. It gets monotonous. Now, you must have. I didn't add them up. But you got to be one of the penalty minute leaders of all time in the A. It's not going to change now. It's not like anybody's coming into now. Hundred minutes is a lot. Uh, and through all those fights, Mac, did you get any major injuries? I think I, I was telling you, I got no, I got knocked once right off to my first year. Now that where I, I, as you know, you get better as better at defending yourself. And, You're and, right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm not saying, uh, oh, yeah, not, no, but you get better at turning your head, realizing and with confidence kind of stuff. But you know, you get what? hit by Vanden Bush or Domi, and then you the next time it's it, you know it's just trial and error. Okay, the next time yeah. I'll tuck my chin in. <laughs> you know, go ahead. Kale Holtz knocked me my first uh, first year pro. I don't know if I was telling that. What maybe I told it the last time in the story, but Jamie Pusher was telling me he was a lefty and didn't really make a difference. He got me in the first one, and I was over in the penalty box after the fight. I thought I played on Albany. So when I get out of the penalty box, here I go across the thing, and I'm trying to get into their bench dam at the end. Yeah. Oh, Matt, oh, Ru oh. Matt, Rucky, <laughs> Matt Rucky, Reed Simpson, Kale Hulse. I fought all those guys. You know what I mean? Like, and he, you know, 195. Got beat, I got beat. Just, 
Um, so, but then, Dude, and then you probably played the rest of the game. <laughs> There's no, I remember saying that there was no checks and balances. I used to say, yeah. we just come in and squirt water in our face and go back out there again. Fucking yeah. pounded in the head by Steve McLaren or some shit. Now yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you um, used to remember going into Philly. There was five, Philadelphia always had five guys with 250 penalty minutes. Take it. It was like, well, how I am I going to this game? Hopefully it hits me in the leg and bounces in because. I didn't know. Um, so when I'm in Wilkes-Barre my first year, we go into Philadelphia. So they have, in mm-hmm. your point, McLaren. Everybody knows who McLaren is because he, he knocks the screws out of helmets, right? So, I mean, um, and then they had Francis Lassard. Yeah. So I thought I that thought I, I went three and out one game against uh, him. Go ahead. So I thought maybe I'd try the Lisa or the devil, not realizing that this guy was a clean killer himself and ended up with Jesse Bolleries. Yeah, Bolleries, yeah. Well, Bowler Reese, you go on there and look. So him and I, we had a good, uh, a decent tilt. But then after you do decent with him, then you got, you know, McLaren wants a piece of your, or the other, or Lassard. Francis Belanger so, was there too. Francis uh, Belanger was there that time. That's another guy who was like fifth and he was fucking huge and he wanted to eat people. Lassard wanted yeah. to hurt you. Lassard's go- my goal was to get five penalty minutes, if nothing else, and pad my stats. Lassard wanted to knock your face off. He wanted to break your orbital bone and piss all over us. Like I tell some people, you know, some guys, they're nice guys. They'll fight. They'll do their job. But then you have other guys who are complete sideways and they're dangerous, right? <laughs> it was dangerous. And there's navigating that. People people even ask me sometimes, you know, how was it to play against those tough guys? I'm like, you got to navigate your way around the bird dogs first. The guys yeah. who are going to flash you in the eye, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. because I might get injured for my life. And then after that, you deal with the Thorntons that's going to drop their gloves and going to fight you straight up and probably hurt you if they get you with a good one but at least yeah. he's fairly honest right and he's yeah. not going to hit you from behind <laughs> like yeah. and, you know after it's all said and done maybe you get a goal on the power plate like just that was like McGratton when i was here he was a young fellow in bingmington and the guy kept on asking me fights so i just kept on i'd say no and then every time he wasn't ready i just like we were talking about early make sure that i just get the jump right yeah. i'm like no dude i'm not squaring up with you six six two fifty no, I mean, come on. That's what ended up happening. My dad talks about it, right? Like, people look at the 70s, like I said, and they it's so crazy because there's so many brawls. But nobody was picked to be on the team because they could fight and nothing else. That happened in our era. And we, being Atlantic Canadians that are of decent size and proportion, not as big as a lot of them, but, uh, you know, we would have to go and deal with these people that were hired just to fight and i remember you know we had a lot of balls let's be you know whatever you want to call it it was team you know it was play for the team it was part of our job i don't know if balls just it might not be the word but you know a respect for the professionalism of the gig that look this is what we do you know if a fight needed to happen i would never really back away from it you wouldn't do do it either but there's people now out there that can hurt you that can break your orbital bone i remember shane corson pulling me aside and going Look, it's all cute and everything, and it's great that you fought Domi, and you know there's certain guys out there, and you go with them. Matthew Barnaby is a perfect opponent. It was after the Barnaby fight, but he said, "When we play Tony Twist, there's don't do it because I'm just telling you right now, man. Like you might have your face rearranged for your whole life." Yeah. And it was true, right? Yeah. And we absolutely. Were, so who knows, Mac? Your next fight, you might have got fucking done in. You know, I, I, I looked at it and I got injured, but. Fuck, if I kept playing, I know that I wouldn't have stopped fighting those guys. 
well, you can't, you, we can't, you know what I mean? Cause we're not we're that type of player. That's what we're there for. Where you, you know, so that was, that was my thing. Like in, in Providence too, right? Like at least in Providence, I was 31. So a lot of the guys didn't really, some of the guys would leave you alone. And then some guys didn't want to, because they didn't want to get maybe beat by a 31 year old. But then again, guys like Trevor, Gillies and Jablonski, they didn't care what age you were or what they just grabbed you, right? Didn't give you a, yeah, a Gillies, choice. Gillies, by the way, uh, in my 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 second book, I I I named my top three punches ever that like really hurt. Like I, I was on one knee. It was Vanden Bush. It was surprisingly a guy played with you, Mark Morrow. I, I didn't expect that. He hit yeah. me real hard. And Gillies. And Gillies pulled that one where I, it was in the coast, man. I was playing for Cincinnati. He was with Peoria earlier. Right. The same year you're talking about, I think. And he kind of, you know, he had him off first, but that punch and his look, and he, that guy was determined. He would have he would. honestly eaten glass to get to the NHL. You were just yeah. an obstacle in the way, right? <laughs> That's why they had to get rid of fighting before somebody, well, there was all kinds of guys that got hurt, obviously, but it was going to get real ugly if we kept on that path. Yeah, well, at some point, like I said, they had started high. I almost used to get offended because I used to go like, and nothing against them. And and one thing about the tough guys, they were always the, the best in the room. They were the most charitable with their time and their money. They really appreciated playing professional yeah. hockey uh, because, you know, the they knew the odds were against them. I kind of grew up, I'm not trying to be cocky, but you're scoring a lot of goals. My goal was always that my eyes were on the prize to play pro. Some of those guys couldn't skate, right? They're, they're yeah. good guys, but they weren't bantam. They wouldn't think I was going to play in the NHL. But so I don't want to knock all of them. And some were, were good two-way players. And if they did play a little more, they probably would have been effective, right? There was no point to get one shift here. There a guy like Darren Langdon led his junior team in scoring, you know. Uh, yeah. But, but. Well, Langer's, Langer's have, you know, guys like that come along every 35 years to be able to, you know, do to that able, stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. I find myself watching his fights, and I'm quite amazed um, at how well and how good he did at that man no for a guy that hey unbelievable really it really is he was caught like a bag of milk it's it's crazy you know yourself man not like just small like not big wrists not into our point like he was always going to be the lightest guy that he was fighting you know very yeah. very similar did he ever fight a guy smaller than you think about it. and just like people ask me like who's the best fighter this and that i go like i know langer langer played senior hockey here and then went up to and played junior in PEI, and Darren uh, Colburn got him down to Dayton. And Langer didn't work. Langer, as soon as the year would over, he would be over. He didn't even stay for his meetings. He'd fly home so he could join the Deer Lake Ball Hockey League the next day. He didn't ever train with weights. He was just a good fighter. I, that's an example yeah. of a good fighter, isn't it? Someone that and you look at him, he's so technical. And I think it's instinct. I don't think he ever taught. Like I don't remember seeing Langer fight at eighteen, and he wasn't doing that. You know, right. It's just the pay, the patience, and to be able to have that he has in there, right? Like in the it, you, when Stu Grimson pulls his arm out of his jersey, that's a very un, unsettling feeling. <laughs> oh God, yeah, right. You imagine when when he gets that arm free. I watched Langdon fight him still, and he's still trying to grab onto that guy's bare arm and gets a hold of it and comes back and does good in the fight like that that is yeah that's not normal that's you know yeah as soon as that would happen like i'm going it was almost for me like mm -hmm. give me a not that we wouldn't stand in we would but in my mind i'm going okay like i gotta get some in here early yeah 
and I, yeah. I don't want any any of these any of the above to yeah. get their arm free. Rob Ray, you know, I get on there some days, like I say, and you just killing some time watching some of those old scraps, and it's it's I still get goosebumps in the back of your neck just watching them. So yeah, and and you know, like just think, even I don't know, in a little narrow window in my draft, right? Me, I went eighth. Doan went seventh. Aginla went eleventh. Guys like that. Don't mind Tucker. I just ne- could never understand why teams would need these people that would get one shift. Cause I'm like, if I'm doing okay against them and I can get you 30, you know, what, what yeah. point? I, but anyway, um, di- different era. That's kind of where it is now. People say, Oh, there's no fighting anymore. Dude, there's fighting every night. I watch now. They might not know how to do it. They're leaving themselves open and that might cause a problem, yeah. but there's fighting. There's fighting. Like, yeah. You know, last year, I think there was 275 fights, like, you know, to another sport when we, we, you know, traditionalists go, ah, fuck, fighting's gone. I'm like, no, it's not. Other sports look at hockey and go, this is fucking insane, right? Yeah, you're right. The guys that are fighting just aren't as exciting to watch. They still get as mad as a hatter at each other. Yeah, well, as long as you're skating around on an NHL surface. What I I noticed about Europe, uh, J-Mac, is uh, the... There was, you know, I don't know if a lot of the guys could play that. A lot of the tough guys, because now you there's just a little bit more ice. But now you got to take yourself out of the play. You want to hit me coming out of the zone when on the breakout pass? I'm going to chip it around you, and you're not going to catch me. But in the NHL, yeah. there was more hooking and holding, and the rink smaller. And a guy like I don't want to put anybody down, but X player, you know, who probably is a tough guy. We wouldn't, you know, he'd probably be able to latch on to me and, and figure it out and learn how to play defense against me. But a guy like you or me that sees the net that wants to score in Europe, I don't know if that happens, right? Yeah. Mm. Now, listen, buddy, I'm going to go in. And, and just to reiterate, I love the tough guys. The year I came in, I'm proud of it. You know, what's the difference if we played more NHL games? Probably get my fucking head knocked off. I'd probably be talking to you now with a fucking drinking out of a straw in a wheelchair. I mean, I don't know what would have happened, right? It's a physical game. We got to the top. Fuck it. Uh, Okay, just a few more minutes. We got some rapid-fire randoms. Are you ready, Jason McDonald? Yes, sir. Why do they call you Frenchie? I know that's one of your nicknames. Fathers was called that when he played with Forby Kennedy in junior as well. Nickname, not quite sure. No, No French. We have no French, so. Did Forby Kennedy have any major quotes for you guys or motivational tips, or was he just an all right, all round good coach? <laughs> Forby was he was motivational and he was good. He was very good for a lot of kids in that in that city. That's for sure. Baseball and hockey. If you had a superpower, what would it be? See through walls. A death row meal. You're on death row. You got one meal left. Oh wow. Um, I don't know, Terry. Maybe just an old steak sandwich and a Caesar salad. Okay, good answer. As good as answer as any. What would you rather do? Act in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio or tour with you two? Tour with you two. One player from your career that you played with, not against, cook for you for a year. Jamie Pusher. Wow. Oh, well, Push loved to cook. Yeah. Huh. Jamie Pusher, one of the best guys I played with, that guy. Haven't heard that name in so long, and he was a presence. He was a good player, man. A good guy. He, uh, he right well, he, left. He, he's, you know where he's at, Terry? He's a uh, player development in Tampa Bay. Ah, okay. Yeah, one of those guys doesn't surprise he, me. Stevie so. Y. Stevie Y. Was, he was tight with Stevie Y. Too. 
one player on that Leafs team that uh, was here in 0405, I believe it was. One player on that team that was definitely going to make curfew every time. Was going to make it or break it? Make it. <laughs> no, I can't remember anybody that was going to make it. But, like one guy guaranteed? I can't think of anybody. That's why I thought of the question. No. I can't think of one player that I would put like a million dollars. Just give me a million bucks. I get to keep it if he's in, and then you, I got to give it back if he's not. I, I don't know who I'd bet on because everybody at some point uh, uh, had their arm twisted. Name three bars. Go ahead. What? Name three bars in St. John's. Green sleeves, Tomic, and uh, bull, bull and Barrel. Ah, the Bull and Barrel. You know what? Same fucking bar. Uh, I was in there just the other <laughs> night, and we used to go to Turkey Joe's. I ran Turkey Joe's for the last Turkey few years Joe's. before this. Yeah, now yeah. it's TJ's Pub. Um, hardest punch you've ever taken? I'd, I'd say Gillies. Me too, uh, as I yeah. said. One song when you cross the street the rest of your life there's a song that gets played like it's just like your life soundtrack you walk across the street it plays it doesn't happen a lot but in the course of a year you you walk across a lot of streets what song would it be highway man ah a little bit of country fuse yeah, uh, a little. yeah i like highway man I, I i by the highway men yeah. <clears throat> highway man by the highway man jennings that's a beautiful, beautiful song for so many reasons. Here, you got to be a DJ. You just got to uh, notice that they want you to DJ down at the local place. They're going to give you crazy money. You can't turn it down, but you got to pick one of these names. Pump Nasty, Mac Daddy Mac, or DJ Fork? Mac Daddy Mac. I like Mac Daddy Mac. Yeah. Biggest goal you scored in junior? In junior? I scored my 50th goal on TSN when TSN started carrying junior games. Owen Sound in Detroit, in Joe Lewis Arena. Nice. What, yep. what were the NHL? Do you remember the teams you played against in the four games? Yes. Buffalo, Toronto, New York Islanders, and Philadelphia Flyers. I saw you had penalty minutes. You must have fought somebody. Fought Rock, Nathan Parrott in Toronto. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And and did you guys know each other and just said, you know what? Hey, Rocky, you want to go? Or was uh, there... no, we didn't know each other at that point. We did actually. We fought in. We fought in uh, the IHL earlier before that. Okay. Yeah. That's it. So you heard your name. You heard your name over the NHL speaker. PA. Yeah. Okay. Did we? Did that feel good? I loved it. I. I. It was in Toronto. I was pretty jacked up before that game. I was in the starting lineup. Glenn Sather put me in the starting lineup. But Toronto had Domi, Belak, Marchment, and somebody else in the starting lineup too. Tucker. Oh boy, yeah. You see what I mean? See what I mean? When you think of Toronto back then, you don't even think tough. And everybody you just mentioned could clean your or, or anybody's spot. <laughs> not yours. Yeah. Um, how many NFL games have you been to? I've only been to one, and it was a long time ago. My son loves them. He's been down to a couple Eagle games. I've only been to one too. Uh, how many fish burgers have you eaten? Not very many. Your favorite no. Muppet on the Muppet Show? Jeez, on the Muppet, I'd have some on the Muppet Show. Uh, what are the boys upstairs there? The two old fellas, Staldorf and Adler. They're hotels in New York, by the way. That's the, that's where they got their names. But Staldorf and Adler, <laughs> that shit on everybody all the time. Yeah, that, that's that's the guys I like. I don't think there's another answer. A, a distant second for me is Fozzie Bear, but for me, I tuned in only for those guys and Fozzie Bear. 
Um, yeah. Uh, what Prince Edward Island bar have you had the most beers in? I'm going to guess Peaks Key or St. James. Yeah, Peaks Key. Is Sportsman still there? Oh, in the Sportsman's, yes, the Sportsman's. My buddy Gary Kennedy. Uh, they yeah, only, yeah, yeah. So is is that still there? The last time I was in PEI oh, yeah. was three, two summers ago. But for the golf thing, and we always end up now, and especially that was pandemic. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to. I follow the crowd all the time, but um, I haven't been to Sportsman's in a while. I guess that's embarrassing. I should go there. What kind of cologne do you wear? I got none on. Ever? Uh, she's Terry. Hang on now. Uh, blue, maybe. Let me see here. <laughs> I'm a uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier. I got some uh, Nautica Voy Voyage actually right here. <laughs> Nautica Voyage. I figured. You know, I only said that because you're a commanding presence in a room. You're like the minor league Jean Beliveau. I always used to say that you would walk in, your hair would be perfect. Um, you would be, yeah, the, the complexion always stood out. You had this energy, you had a presence about you. There was, there was always your presence, your, your smell, your, your vibe, your energy, always an aura around you. And it was dominant to me. The first thing I noticed was that you always smelled nice. Yeah. It was even your hair, whatever, whatever it would be. <laughs> so I thought that was linked to one specific cologne, and it wasn't. I don't think so, Tr. I don't know. Could it? I kind of lost. Well, it's it. just there. You go. You you were always a commanding presence, and I, for me, I appreciate Vinny Dumfus. Vinny Dumfus told me, he goes, uh, you know, this stuff just just rocks. It was Jean Paul Gaultier. That was in nineteen ninety five, <laughs> and I have never ever worn anything else since. Since you're on a good run. That's almost thirty years. Well, the way I figure it, at some point, it, it, it's just I'd rather have one thing to be associated with you. This is my smell. This is what I choose. Yeah. If I go out all the time smelling different, then, you know, they and I guess, let's be honest, what am I doing it for? I'm not doing it for my buddies or anything. I like the opposite sex to know that I smell nice. That's right. It's a good, it's a good, little, it's a good point, TR. Would you rather wear the captain or the assistant captain? Assistant. Me too. So much less pressure. You're you're like a, a liaison between the coach, shoe chef, and the players, you're shoe chef, and you're 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 good to go. You don't want to, because sometimes they may not set the best example, but most of the time I do. What <laughs> age were you when you snapped your first bra? <laughs> uh, I'd say fifteen. Fifteen. I was late, lace, a little shy. Were you? And how about when you went to uh, Owen Sound in North Bay? Did you pick it up with the ladies there? Like, and I don't mean like, I'm not talking like actual physical, yeah. you know, bumping uglies. I mean, like, did you, because when I went away, I, I, I had no confidence. I had this accent. It took me years to talk to a woman and it took me to get drafted. And I had a bit of confidence, to be honest, before that, really. And even then, like, I dropped the ball a lot till I was in my yeah, early I had to change my wardrobe a little bit, right? Hadn't yeah. I did, yeah. I had the boat, learn, you know what? I had the deck shoes and the boat shoes still, and the girls up and even though I was in Owen Sound, still kind of giggled at that and the old khakis and the cords on with the skinny it's belt. Being a pro, man. It's being a pro is what it is. A few years in, you realize, you know, you 
You know, That's just right. it's not even what suits you wear. It's how you carry yourself when you're wearing it. Um, your all-time team. So here it is. I got a team. You got a team. It's computer-generated. This is the last question. Uh, so my team plays your team. There's $10,000 in the middle. Whoever wins gets to take home $10,000. Nice little prize. But you get to pick five players and a goalie. And this is hypothetical. So each player is in their prime in this world, okay? Now, you can't pick any, you can't pick how Gretzky, Lemieux, or or any Montreal Canadiens. Okay. All time, five players. Do you want my five time, my five players that I want on my team? And goalie, yes. Uh, Crosby. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd have to go with Ovechkin. Uh, Let's wing over there. You can put any forward too. It doesn't have to be a you know. You can pick Eisenman, Luke Robitaille, whatever. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, Stevie Y, Stevie Y for sure. He was my favorite player. Then back in the I remember you saying that is the only reason I brought it up. I remember to this day that he was your favorite player. Yeah, and then on the back end, let's go with uh, Chris Pronger, a left-handed shot, and Chris Chelios, right-handed shot. Beautiful goalie. Um, goalie, I would have to go with. You know who I used to like because he flopped around the net all the time? Dominic Kasich. Loved him. Hey, man. He was the last, Corey Crawford, I guess, but the last great reflexive goalie that really relied on his reflexes, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess you could put Martin Brodeur there, of course, but I, yeah. I just, Kasich more than anything. I mean, you look at him. I, one of my games was against him, dude, and he looked like this little guy in the net. There was all kinds of space, but you couldn't fucking score, and he got the Vezina and the Hart Trophy. I think people... As time goes on, people are, I think, forgetting how great he actually was. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay, Mac Daddy, thanks a lot. I Ooh. really appreciate it. Do you have anything to promote? Do you have anything to plug? Do you have a business? What's going on? No, buddy, I don't. I just uh, appreciate the reach out and chatting again, buddy. And I miss The Rock. All my buddies over there that haven't been over. You can pass on the good word. Well, you'll have to come over. Yeah, I will. I'll be... Uh, when I come up in this in the spring, maybe um, it's it, it's yeah, it's a little trip, right? It's you gotta you gotta plan it. You gotta make sure that I have five or six days, you know. You gotta plan it um, at this point. And my mom and dad, you know, they ask about you all the time now. Yeah, um, say hi to them for me for sure. I really will. And, uh, you know, it's been too long since we spoke. And uh, in this day and age, see, of social media and everything I'm doing, Mac, everything I'm doing, I have to pump on social media, you yeah. know, like, it, yeah. And I, I, I don't necessarily love spending time on there, but I just got to do it. And I lose some of my contact with friends that don't spend a lot of time on there for that reason. You know, it's a fucking rat race, as you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, don't yeah. mistake my. Lack of communication for lack of interest. I yeah, hope we talk you know that. Hey. more and more, and we, I'll see you can, soon. We can pick up anytime. KTR, appreciate it, brother. I'll be in touch. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it, Mac. Oh, man. Cheers. Okay, there you have it. Jason McDonald, one of my oldest uh, hockey friends, teammates, opponents. Just a great person, great guy, good Atlantic Canadian. If you want to see some good fights, folks, check that out. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm guessing most of them are on YouTube, but there's a few hockey fight uh, websites. And speaking of that, my last guest two weeks ago, Brad Lukowicz. I didn't even realize this, man, but our fight is out there. I would have mentioned it. I, I caught it on YouTube last night. Someone sent it over to me. So 
Hey, there's stuff out there that I didn't even know. So check that out. Another great guest, man. Actually, Luco and uh, Jason McDonald are two guys that not the same kind of player, but yeah, re- really similar people. I think if they were in the same room, they'd probably get along. As most of my guests, right? Or we wouldn't probably be here. I find that at this point, as you get older, your friends more and more, uh, you know, you narrow them down a little bit, right? Uh, you're younger. There's so much going on. There's people that want this or they want that. Or, well, I, I shouldn't say want. It's just people that maybe you lose touch with because you don't have a lot in common, right? But uh, a guy like Mac who, you know, I remember the day I met him. I remember, like I said, his favorite player, Steve Eisenman. We always got along. We always had fun. And therefore, he'll always be a friend. We don't talk as much as we should. But there you go. I'm sure everybody can relate to what I'm talking about. Listen, thanks for tuning in. I got to take off. Uh, Remember, Mr. Lube right here in St. John's with locations on Torbay Road and Kenmount Road. Uh, tire orders are now available online. Uh, live, laugh, lube, power conditionings for your strength and balance for your body and mind. And I, I'm living proof that, uh, for the body and mind, I love going there. I just came from there right before this podcast, rope walk lane here in St. John's, check it out. It'll change your life. And Ryan power is one of the best trainers that I've ever come across. And I'm including NHL, uh, physical trainers. He's, he's one of the best. Just ask Alex Newhook. Uh, Pitbull Pain Relief. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com. Those pain sticks are unbelievable. I've got uh, upper back, degenerative back issues, whatever they're called. Listen, it, it, honestly, I never had any rub or substance that, that actually worked, and, and it actually works for that. Picture Tiger Bomb in a speed stick kind of, kind of setup, you know, whatever that's called. I, I'm sure there's a name for it but a stick of uh, underarm deodorant, right? It comes like that. You rub it on. I'm serious. I swear by it. It's got THC and CBD. Um, maybe there's something to it, but honestly, it works unbelievable, guys. True Hockey, take what's yours. If you're downtown St. John's, check out TJ's Pub, The Bull and Barrel, Green Sleeves, uh, Trinity Pub, and uh, where are we going? Uh, TJ's. Oh, Rob Roy and Confusion, of course. Little brain cramp. It's been a long week. Uh, and, of course, if you're going to go out for a bite to eat, check out Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe. Folks, this has been episode 132B with Jason McDonald. Thanks very much for tuning in. I hope you liked it. I'll be back to, in just a few days with more stories. Have a great holiday season. And see you all again soon.